And turn in your New Testaments uh, tonight to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. I'm going to speak tonight on the power of the tongue and uh, what that little member that's on the inside of our mouth is capable of. James chapter 3. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. There, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we man, which are made after the similitude of God." Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be, and not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, Lord as we... Go to your word tonight. Help us to, to come with, with an open heart, with a heart that has fertile soil that the word of God can, can bear root in. We pray, Lord, that uh, you'd help us to be able to understand and see a little bit of the good things and the bad things that uh, can be accomplished through the proper or improper use of our tongue. Lord, I'm so thankful I've got a Savior that can tame that tongue. I'm thankful I've got a Savior that has uh, promised us life everlasting if we just simply believe and trust in you as our Savior. And God, we pray that you would, would uh, bless this time together. I, Lord, I am using the tongue tonight, and I don't want to misuse it. I don't want to use it in a way that's in any way destructive or damaging or hurtful. Uh, Lord, uh, my, my desire is to, to use it to be able to edify and lift up. So, Father, I need your help. Uh, Lord, uh, without, without you, I cannot preach this message, and I, I'm fully cognizant of that. Uh, I, Lord, I just pray that you would, you would fill me with your spirit, that you would give us all ears to hear, that, uh, and as you speak to our hearts, may we respond to you. We love you tonight. We're so thankful that you're our Savior and our God. In Jesus' name we pray. 
All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. As soon as I said James chapter 3, many of you probably said, well, I know what he's preaching on tonight, and you are right. It's on the tongue. And uh, uh, there is, there's tremendous power in, the, in our tongue and in the words that we say. I, I found a very short but powerful little poem. It's entitled, The Power of Words. And it says, a careless word may kindle strife. A cruel word may wreck a life. A bitter word may hate instill. A brutal word may smite and kill. A gracious word may smooth the way. A joyous word may light the day. A timely word may lessen stress. A loving word may heal and bless. Uh, words can, can really make a difference. And, uh, and I, found, I found a lot of quotes, but I picked out just nine quotes of, of people. Uh, none of these are, are people that I know. You might, you might know some of them, but I'm not even going to tell you who they are. If you want to know, you can come see me afterwards. But these are just some, some very insightful, and it makes you wonder if some of the people that, that said this about the power of the tongue and about power of words, if they, if they didn't have some kind of knowledge about, uh, about James chapter 3. Uh, the first one is be mindful when it comes to your words. A string of some that don't mean much to you may stick with someone else for a lifetime. Boy, that's true. Be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Words are free. It's how you use them that may cost you. But the human tongue is a beast. And this is the one I, I think he took this right out of James 3. But the human tongue is a beast that few can master. It, it strains constantly to break out of its cage. And if it is not tamed, it will run wild and cause you grief. Another, another quote, handle them carefully for words have more power than atom bombs. Boy, that's really true. Um, another quote says, uh, words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. The tongue has no bones, but is strong enough to break a heart. So be careful with your words. Uh, the whole idea is, is that words just have a tremendous impact in them, depending upon what's said and how they're said. Uh, uh, another quote, a broken, broken bone can heal, but the wound a uh, word opens can fester forever. And then, then the, the last one that I found was, your words have power. Speak words that are kind, loving, positive, uplifting, encouraging, and life-giving. Uh, the words that we say can, can have an impact on others. And there are three things that I want you to look with me tonight in this passage about the, the power of words and the power of the tongue. First of all, look with me again at the first four verses. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, 
which though they be so great and are, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. He likens, the, he likens our words to, to bits in a horse's mouth and a, and a rudder in a ship. In other words, uh, they, can, they can direct. They, they have power to direct others and, uh, and can make a tremendous impact and influence. Our words can direct the, a, a listener either positively or negatively. Um, I don't know if you've ever <clears throat> had the opportunity to uh, watch any of the uh, archived newsreels of Adolf Hitler in his heyday, but uh, he was a very stirring speaker. He was a very emotional speaker, and he could, he could just with words could work a crowd up, literally, into, into a frenzy. Uh, when, uh, when I was in high school, I had a teacher who took a lecture hour that we had. We had, had our lecture hours always on, on Monday. I was a senior at the time. And this was back in the 60s. This is in 1969. And uh, back, back in the 60s, there was uh, quite a few young people who did not have a very good opinion of policemen, particularly those that were constantly getting in trouble with them. And uh, many of them were in this particular lecture, and he, he stood up, his name was Mr. Borkholder. And uh, Mr. Borkholder got up, and he began to talk down the American policemen, and uh, said that, that the British policemen, British bobbies, uh, were a whole lot more adept, and that American policemen were inept and, 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 and uh, really uh, didn't know what they were doing. Now, he did not believe any of the things that he said, but he was doing it on purpose, and he was trying to work these, these guys up. And, I mean, he had, guy, he had guys that were constantly getting in trouble with the law defending the American policemen. Uh, and, you know, they, they got all upset, and they came down, and they were all angry. Uh, he told them afterwards, he said, hang on. He says, now you need to know something. I don't believe any of the negative things I said about the American policeman. I wanted to show you the power of speech. And that my, just the things I said and the way I said them could work you up into a frenzy and cause you to take whatever side that I wanted you to take. Uh, realize that when you, when you listen to various, various speakers, that oftentimes they have a design in their speech, and that is to, to get to, to stir some particular emotions with you. Um, what we say influences others. Have you ever, ever had your, your children repeat something that you said years ago, and you say, I don't remember ever saying that at all. And they look at you and they say, well, I remember every single word. What that, what that tells you is that, that though it may not mean a lot to us, the words that we say can often mean an awful lot to those that we speak those words to. A few words can make a difference. Uh, a few words can make a difference between heaven and hell. Uh, the night that I trusted Christ as Savior, uh, the, the, the man that, that I met that eventually led me to Christ said really some of the most important words I've ever heard in my entire life. 
He asked me the question, are you absolutely positive that if you died today, you go to heaven? I never had anybody ask me that question before. That was the first time I'd ever heard that question. And that caused us to get into a conversation. He witnessed to us. And uh, that night, I trusted Christ as Savior. For me, just those few words made all the difference between heaven and hell. In um, 1855, there was a fellow by the name of uh, Ed Kimball who was a shoe salesman. And he, he chose to, to speak some word, words of truth to a young man that was in Boston. He, he spoke those words and, and uh, got an opportunity to witness to him. As a result, D.L. Moody got saved. Those words that Kimball said to Moody caused Moody to eventually go and shake two continents for Jesus Christ. I mean, what a, what a, what a tremendous impact uh, some words can have. Um, you know, again, there have been times when uh, I remember talking to a couple one time about, about something, and, and uh, she looked at me and she said, do you remember when you said this? And when it had been quite a few years afterwards, and, and, and I had totally forgotten, but she hadn't forgotten. I mean, it was indelibly etched in her memory. Uh, words usually lead to deeds, and words will cause not only you to act by the words that you say, but it can cause other people to act. And it can cause reactions from other people. And, uh, and that's the directive power that words have. Our words affect and, and often direct the lives of others. What, what you say will determine uh, which way even you will go, not just the direction that, that others will go, but it affects your own direction. Then the, the second thing it has is the, the tongue has power to destroy. Look down in uh, chapter 3, look in verses 5 through 8 with me. Verse 5 says, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Not a very complimentary description of the tongue. For every kind of beast and of, of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Uh, here God likens the tongue unto, unto fire that can do damage and a poisonous animal. Fire can destroy things. Uh, to the point where it can destroy it beyond, beyond even repair. It can, it can ruin whole structures. Um, shortly, after, shortly after we uh, uh, came to, to Auburn, I can remember one night leaving church and pulling out of the driveway and starting toward, toward Auburn <clears throat> and saw great big billows of smoke. And uh, there were some uh, folks that were uh, set and fire to buildings in the in the area during that time, and uh, when they when they did, it just totally ruined the structure of those buildings. And fire can do that. 
And that's the kind of effect that your, your tongue can have. Back in, back in 1871, October 8th, 1871, actually the 8th through the 10th is how long this thing lasted. There was a fire over in Illinois called the Chicago Fire. You may have heard of it. And uh, it, it was started by a uh, supposedly Mrs. O'Leary's cow. She, she kicked over a lamp and uh, the, the thing uh, caused, caused uh, uh, a fire to, to start and to spread. They say that a third of the city, because of that fire, were homeless. 17,450 buildings were destroyed, and 250 to 300 people were killed. Uh, the damage was, was somewhere between 200 and 400 million dollars, and that was back then, which would be even a whole lot more money today. I, I found out something when I, was, when I was in Green Bay, when I lived in Green Bay, we traveled up, I don't even know why we ended up going up to this area, but we went, went up to a little town called uh, Peshtigo, it's about 53 miles north of Green Bay, and again, I don't even remember why I was in the town, but we, we, we saw a museum and it was called the Peshtigo Fire Museum. I thought, wow, that looks interesting. So we stopped, we went in, and we, we, we looked at it, and uh, it was commemorating a fire that happened in Peshtigo, Wisconsin, and it happened the exact same night as the, as the Chicago fire. And, and I had never heard of it, never heard of it at all. Uh, that, that fire killed more people in, in uh, Peshtigo, Wisconsin, just a little town up there, killed more people than were killed in the Chicago fire. 1,125 people died. More than 1.25 million acres were scorched and just, just, just totally leveled. Uh, it was the most deadly fire in, uh, in America's history. And, uh, uh, it, it, it just shows the destruction that fire can do. Well, just as fire can do great destruction, so can our tongues. Our tongues can do absolutely untold damage. Uh, go to Proverbs chapter 26. Keep your finger in James. We'll be back. But go to Proverbs 26. <clears throat> Proverbs 26 Look down at verses 20 through 22. Proverbs 26, verse 20 says, Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. But where there, uh, so where there is no talebearer, the, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a, a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Um, we can do much destruction with our tongue, and there's different ways that we can, we can destroy with our tongue. One of the ways is through evil reports, uh, by saying things uh, about others, about saying things about other situations that discourage people. Uh, uh, when the 12 spies went, went from Israel, went into the, or, or of Israel, went into the, the, the promised land from, from uh, the wilderness in order to spy out the land, 
to, to take a look at the land that they were supposed to conquer. When they came back, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, you know, we're able because God is able and we can, we can, get the, we can uh, be victors in the land. And, uh, but the ten came back and said, no, no, we can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in these people's sites. There's giants in the land, and, and the land overcomes us, and so forth. Those ten people, because of their evil report, turn the heart of an entire nation. And as a result of that, that, that entire generation ended up dying in the wilderness. The next 40 years was just funeral after funeral after funeral after funeral until all of that generation was wiped out. Evil reports can, can do much damage. Another thing that can do a lot of damage is degrading speech. Um, I've, I, I, I've watched, I've been in homes where I have heard parents uh, belittle their children. And I've, I've particularly watched on, on purpose the, the, the expression on the face of the child. And uh, the things that we say to our kids, oftentimes we don't realize, we don't, we don't really, we're not really cognizant of just how deep those wounds can go and how much damage we can do. Um, we, we, we degrade through things like name calling. We degrade others by, by humiliating them. Uh, you know, sometimes we call it, we call it teasing. We call it, oh, I'm, I'm just telling it, doing a joke on you, telling a joke on you. I'm just, I'm just having fun with you. But sometimes, you know, have you ever had somebody that just says, well, I'm just having fun with you. And on the inside of your heart, you're saying that, that wasn't fun for me. Uh, whenever we have, whenever we have a laugh at somebody else's expense, uh, there can be some damage that can be done inside of the heart. Uh, uh, a, another way we degrade is through a constant reminder of failure, or through vulgarities, or through angry speech. Any of those things can do much damage to those that that hear us. Uh, another way we destroy with our tongue is through through doubting speech. And cause others to, to question. And again, that's, that's exactly what those 10 men did when they came back from the promised land. They caused people to doubt. They doubted God. They doubted whether or not uh, he could give them the victory. Uh, another way that our, our tongue can destroy is through depressing speech, negativity. Um, you know, uh, honestly, uh, this, this church ought to be a haven for people. Uh, and you know what makes it a haven for people? You do. I do. How we respond to others when we see them. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. There's, there's certain folks over the years that, uh, that I've known that uh, I used to, whenever I saw them, first thing I'd say, so, how you doing? And some of those folks, I don't ever ask that question anymore. <laughs> Because I get the answer, and honestly, by the time you're done, uh, you are just you're down as low as a snake's belly. I mean, really, uh, you know they 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 are just depressing in their speech. Understand that you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility, and whether it's here or whether it's at home or whether it's at work, and that is to 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 encourage people and to lift people up and to strengthen folks. 
But depressing speech does not do that. And then uh, contentious speech, uh, where, where folks are trying to pick a fight, or there's unresolved conflicts, or there's, uh, there's hatred, there's variance, there's strife. Uh, that kind of speech tears down. It does not build up. You've heard the old saying. I used to say it as a kid. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That, number one, that's not biblical. Number two, because the Bible says that those words can go down into the innermost parts of the belly. They can, they can honestly, they can do some damage that sticks and stones cannot do. And once those words go out, you can't recall them. Have you ever said something and then said, well, I didn't really mean that? Well, you know what? Uh, you've already done the damage with those words. Uh, look, in, look in verse 8. Verse 8 says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. One of the quotes that I gave you at the beginning of the message said, A few can tame the tongue. That's an untrue statement. No man can tame the tongue. Now, if you look at that all by itself, you, you, know, you get discouraged and say, well, then it's a, it's a losing battle. It's not a losing battle when you have God as your Savior. It's not a losing battle when, when you have the grace of God to be able to overcome the destructive power uh, of the tongue. Uh, our, our tongues are a reminder to us. They're a reminder to us that we can do absolutely nothing without Jesus Christ. Uh, our tongues are a reminder that, uh, that we need him every single moment. And that if we don't depend upon him in the areas, particularly of speech, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say things that can do some tremendous damage. Uh, there was a, a, a preacher, a famous preacher years ago by the name of A.B. Simpson. And A.B. Simpson said this about, about speech. He said about about words. He said, I would rather play with forked lightning or take in my hand living wires with their fiery current than speak a reckless word against any servant of Christ or idly repeat the slanderous darts which thousands of Christians are hurling on others to the hurt of their own souls and the hurt of our own bodies. That ought to be our attitude. That ought to be our desire, that we would never want to say anything that would, that would hurt or damage or destroy anybody else. But, but our words have that power. And then last of all, our words have got power to delight and to refresh and to, to encourage. If you look with me in James 3, look at verses 9 through 12. It says, Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and therefore curse we men, which are, which are made after the similitude of God, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, uh, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. So it has the power to, to, to delight, and it has the, the power to refresh. In, in Proverbs chapter 25, in verse 25, it says, As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Uh, the, the, the words that we speak 
can, can encourage people, can refresh, and, and can help them. Uh, water, uh, water is like, or words are like water. It can give life. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. There's a couple of verses here in Ephesians 4 that have been a help to me. And a constant reminder to me of what, my, what, what power there is in our words. Verse 15 says, but speaking the truth in love. In other words, not just saying what's true, but saying with the right attitude. With the right attitude, uh, the attitude with which you speak the words can make all the difference in the world. It says, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. In other words, your words can cause Christian growth. Your words can cause people to be encouraged. Go, go with me over to verse 29. Verse 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So we have a choice. Uh, you're either going to say words that are, are uh, corrupt and are damaging, or you're going to say words that are edifying, that will build up, that will strengthen. And the last part of that verse, it just has always amazed me. It says that it may minister grace unto the hearers. God, that, what that says is God uses you and I to deliver words to others that he turns around and uses to, to, in, in, as, as vessels and as channels of grace. And that, again, just shows how immensely important it is to be, be careful about the words that we say. The right words can give refreshment. The right words can give encouragement. And look, look over in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and look in verses 25 and 26. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, that thing is twofold. What, what it's saying is, is the word of God is what, what cleanses us and words can heal. Words have a, have a cleansing effect. It also says that, fellas, the things we say to our wives can make a difference. Uh, the words that we say to them can, can uh, either build up or can destroy. And it's very important for us to speak the right words to our wives and to our families. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. There's a lot of verses in the book of Proverbs that have to do with the, the tongue and the words that we say. Proverbs chapter 12. And look down in verse 18. It says, There is it speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. In other words, your, your words can actually strengthen someone. Your words can, can have a healing effect. Um, go to uh, uh, chapter 15 and look down in verse 30. 
15.30. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. And a good report maketh the bones fat. You can strengthen someone uh, through your words. Chapter 16 and verse 24. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Be careful what you say because, because the words that we, that we speak have an effect on those that hear us. Uh, like water, the words have got to be pure. Uh, in James chapter, back in James chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, it says, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brother, and these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter. Um, you, take, you take salt water and you add it and mix it with pure water, what happens? The pure water does not make the salt water pure. <laughs> the salt water defiles the pure water. Um, you know, my, my mom years ago used to always, always tell me, uh, my, my, my second mom had a, was a real bug on manners, and she used to say, you know, you can't have two sets of manners because if you, have two, you think you have two sets of manners, you'll, you'll, uh, you know, you'll slip up. And, uh, and, I, and I found that true not only with manners, I found that true with the tongue. You know, I thought, and this is back before I was saved, but as a kid and as a teenager, I, I, my, my mouth was vile. When I played tennis uh, and I lost, there's two things that would happen. Number one, the, the, the racket would go flying in the air somewhere. And uh, then secondly, the words that came out of my mouth were awful. They were vile words. But I never spoke like that around my parents. I mean, never did. Till one day, I was in the car with my dad. And I was getting all worked up about something and out it came. And my dad looked at me and said, what did you say? Now, my dad was, was a lost man. He, you know, his, his language was always, not always pure and clean. But he was shocked. To, to hear what came out of my mouth. What that just proves is what the scripture says, is that uh, you, know, you, can't, you can't have two sets of language. And uh, we need to be careful that the, the, the words that we use are a blessing and a help and a refreshment and an encouragement to others. Now, what, what's the problem? When the wrong words come out, when destroying words come out, why do they come out? They say, well, it's just because the tongue is evil. Well, yeah, the tongue is evil. And the tongue, tongue is full of deadly poison. James tells us that. But there's something else that's going on. Look down in verses 14 through 16. Same chapter. Verse 14 says, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. It talks about bitterness, it talks about envying, it talks about strife. Uh, those things are always wrong, and they're always destructive. Those are things that, that start in the heart, but eventually come out in the mouth. What's needed? Look in verse 13 who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a, a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Look down in verse 17. 
But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. He talks about a good conversation that has to do with good works and with, with a, a life that backs up your words. Uh, he talks about meekness. That, that means just having a surrendered heart, first to God and then, and then to others. And then wisdom, uh, having wisdom. Get in the Word of God and allow the, the Bible to, and the Bible's words to cleanse and, and do a work in, in your heart. There are uh, 15 words that someone once said that can, can transform people and that can, can make a real effect on others. These 15 words are, please, thank you, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm praying for you. You think about it, those 15 words. You talk about, you talk about build, building up and encouraging. Uh, I've got folks that, that I have known for years that I've noticed within the last, oh, I don't know, maybe it's been, it may be longer than this time. Time to me means nothing anymore. Seems like the older you get, the more it all just kind of melds together. But uh, I would say over the last five or 10 years, I've had more people that, I, that I've known for years tell me, you know what, brother, I love you. I don't mean it in, a, in an unseemly way. They don't mean it in a wrong way. But they've, they've just told me that, that they love me. Uh, I've told church members over the years, I love you. You know, appreciate you. Um, those, those kind of words are encouraging words, and those are words that build up. What, you know what the tongue proves to us? Tongue proves to us that that we desperately need Jesus Christ. First of all, we need him as Savior. Uh, like I said, before I got saved, my mouth was, was awful, was terrible. I'd hate to think of where it would be today if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. But, 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 but secondly, uh, not only do we need him as Savior, but we need him every moment of every day. Uh, the tongue no man can tame. You can't do it, but you surrender your tongue to Christ, and Christ can do something with it. The, the, the tongue just proves that day by day we need a Savior. The thought I want to leave with you tonight is just simply this. What does your tongue do? Does your tongue uh, properly direct people, or does it cause people to get upset and go in a, in a wrong direction? Uh, does your tongue build up or does your tongue destroy? Uh, are there words that you have maybe even said this week that, that have done some destruction? And last of all, do, do your words delight and edify? You have that power with the tongue. Now you might be sitting there thinking tonight, preacher, uh, well, is there a problem in the church? Is there? No, there isn't. Not, not that I know of. I mean, tongue's always a problem in the church. Doesn't make any difference what's going on. But, uh, but, but, but the Lord just really laid upon my heart the, the importance of, of the fact that we need to be careful of what we say because we don't realize the tremendous effect that our words can have 
on others. There is power in the tongue and in the words that we speak. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, tonight I pray that you would help us to be cognizant and, and, and realize just how important it is for us to have our, our speech surrendered to you and to have our thoughts and our minds in the right place. I was just thinking on that verse just the other day, Lord, about uh, uh, the fact that you've told us that we ought to have every thought uh, in captivity to Christ. And, and uh, uh, those thoughts need to, be, need to be in control by you because those thoughts produce words. And uh, Father, I pray that our desire would be tonight that uh, our tongue would be used to lift up, our tongue would be used to help, our tongue would be used to encourage, our tongue would be used to give out the gospel so that people could come to know Christ as Savior. Uh, Lord, uh, the truth of the matter is we look back on our lives, maybe even this week, and there were some things that were said that should not have been said. There's some things that we talked about that wasn't necessary to talk about. Uh, rather than encourage, we may have discouraged. Rather than build up, we might have torn down some things. Help us, God, to have a desire in our heart and have a repentant heart about the, the negative words we've said and have a, a, a determined heart to speak those things which will please and honor and glorify you. Speak to our hearts tonight about our tongues. And God, as you speak to us, may we respond to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand.